You're listening to a Dallas Sports Nation production. Enhancing your Dallas sports experience. Hello everyone and welcome once again to Rangers Nation's podcast from Dallas Sports Nation. If you haven't found us yet, we are at DallasSportsNation.com. We are DFW Sports. We cover everything from FC Dallas to Dallas Mavericks, Dallas Cowboys, and of course your Texas Rangers. I am your host, the recliner nerd, John Moore. This is episode 9 with me. What is this episode called? Tommy John? And what in the hell is John Daniels doing? So, for those that don't know, the reason that we're calling that Tommy John is Tommy John surgery. It's actually an ulnar collateral ligament reconstruction is what it's called. UCL, if you've ever heard that term. In this episode, we'll talk about UCL, exactly what it is, why it gets the nickname Tommy John, and who, who Tommy John was. But we'll go into some other issues on that and figure out why in the world do we have three potential starters in the rotation coming back from Tommy John surgery where they rehabbed all the last year and didn't even pitch coming in, try to figure out what the hell John Daniels is doing. Well, I've got my theories on that. I've also got my theories on uh, on why uh, there's so many UCL uh, injuries, Tommy John injuries, and why we're having so many Tommy John surgeries. There's certainly a lot more of them than there used to be. Um, as someone, uh, I've got a theory on that, and I'll talk about that later, but... Uh, you know, this uh, it's pretty amazing for 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 the five man rotation that we have coming that we supposedly are going into spring training. These are the five guys that we want in our in our uh, rotation. Three of them come back from Tommy John surgery this last year where they didn't play because they were in recovery from Tommy John surgery or uh, UCL surgery. One of them uh, did come back last year from UCL or Tommy John surgery the year before. And then the fifth starter is um, obviously Mike Miner, who had a... uh, he had a thing with his shoulder, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. So what is Tommy John surgery? The ulnar, It's the ulnar collateral ligament reconstruction is what it's called. It's called UCL. It's a tendon on your elbow, on, usually on your throwing elbow, right, right at the elbow. It's, it's, a, it's a tendon there, and what will happen uh, with that is that tendon will either wear out. Sometimes it'll tear or stretch. Uh, sometimes it'll just be a small tear, or it'll tear completely. And so... Uh, the history of it, there was a pitcher named Tommy John who pitched from 1963 to 1989. And uh, so he played, I mean, good Lord, that's 24 years, uh, but he had two years that he was off with Tommy John surgery. Played, he was drafted by Cleveland, played with Cleveland, played with the White Sox, the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Angels, and the Athletics. But he was the first guy to ever have this uh, uh this surgery where they actually, and what they'll do is they'll, they'll take a graft off your body to replace and they'll put it in to replace that, that, uh, that ligament. They'll replace it with a graft off your body. Or sometimes they even use cadavers, um, from, you know, you use tendons from cadavers from dead bodies and, the, and they'll replace it. And it was, it was sort of a, uh, it was a new surgery back then. This happened in 1974, um, and, he, and Tommy John was a left-handed pitcher. He wasn't a very hard thrower. He, he was kind of a finesse pitcher, but he's really good. I mean, he had a great career, and we'll go over his numbers in a minute. But in 1974, he had only been in the league, you know, 10 years. Well, that's a long time now. But back then it wasn't, you know, he he, he had this surgery. He, he The doctor gave him a 1 in 100 chance of having a recovery uh, of this surgery. 
And when he came back, he was he came out in 1974. He set out in 1975, and he returned in 1976, and played another 13 years after that, and made a full recovery. Well, that's when they started doing this surgery for others that started started getting this. And now they, you know, now they're saying that the uh, chance of recovery usually sits somewhere around 90% of a full recovery on that. It's not guaranteed 100%. But there's a, a, a lot of it. And you don't hear a lot about that. Back then, there wasn't a lot of these. And now, you, it seems like everybody that is a fan of any baseball team knows of prospects or pitchers or the Rangers or they're the UCL capital that have this happen. But, but you know, Tommy John, he, look, his total career numbers, he, he had 288 wins and 231 losses. He's seventh all-time in wins for left-handed pitchers. He had a 3.34 ERA. He did pitch to a lot of contact, but uh, when, when he was pitching, he also had uh, uh, 2,245 strikeouts. So he is the guy that all started this with that UCL. But if you look at the Rangers' current rotation and what they're doing right now with the current rotation, you got Mike Miner. He tore his labrum. In his shoulder, which is, uh, if you don't know your labor, I'm not a doctor, but I'm your soldier. But that was that happened in 2015 when he had his surgery, and he set out the 2015 and 16. Um, he it, it took him a while to get to get back uh, from it. He he eventually got through it, and he missed all of 2015, 2016 rehabbing, and then. Um, he went from he he started out with the Atlanta Braves and he ended up going to the Royals and he signed a two year deal with the Royals and went to their bullpen and in 2016 he didn't pitch but in 2017 it, it was in their bullpen did really well uh, in their bullpen and then that's when the Rangers went and and signed him last year but they signed him as a starter and signed a three year deal with him and it's it's also why and he and he pitched great and we'll go over his numbers from last year and what he did but he is the only pitcher we have. Um, coming back from the rotation we had last year, and when you hear the numbers of of what that is uh, and what our pitchers did last year, I mean it's 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 pretty wild. Now the other the other four starters, it looks like we've got going into this year. Um, we of course Lance Lynn was the big free agent signing, and Lance Lynn had Tommy John surgery or that UCL surgery in 2015, and he missed the 2016 season. Um, all of that, because usually what will happen when they have it, you do the surgery, you end up missing all of that next year. Uh, if you're depending what time of year it is, you, it's at least a year to 18 months to get this thing to, to make the full recovery of it. And he came back, and in 2016, he missed 2016 and pitched with the Twins and the Yankees. He missed 2017, and uh, and uh, Came back to the Twins and Yankees in 2018. He was with the Twins and the Yankees. And uh, he was with the Twins, got traded to the Yankees and did good. And he became a free agent. And we signed him like minor. We signed him to, to a minor league deal. and uh, or Not a minor league deal, a multi-year deal. We, we signed him to a three-year deal for three years, $30 million. Um, And he's got, look, if, if Lynn, Lynn pitched, he, he had his ups and downs last year. But usually, you know, he, he was showing that he was the – the pitcher that most people thought he was, and uh, and he came and look. His career record is good. It's you know he's eighty two and fifty seven in his career with a three point five two ERA, and that was a good signing. Look, the guy's back. We know he's going into spring training healthy, and he will obviously be in the rotation. But after those two, we have three guys that are coming back from uh, 
UCL and did not pitch last year. And they're all coming back this year. One of them's a name we know, who is Edison uh, Edison Volquez. And um, he missed the entire UCL. He had UCL in 2017, missed all of 2017, 2018. uh, Or he missed all of 2018. He had it in 2017, missed all of 2018. And he's coming back uh, this year, and he should be healthy for spring training. Now, his... his, uh, Numbers. He never pitched in the major leagues for us. He was the one we traded. Edison Volquez is the one we traded to the Reds when we got Josh Hamilton. And his career numbers aren't bad either. I mean, he's 90, 93-87 with 4.42 ERA. But, look, he has shined. He was an ace for the Reds there for a while. And, uh, you know, this was the first injury he had that significant coming back. Um, and then you've got Drew Smiley. He's the one that we traded from the Cubs and got Drew Smiley. Uh when, when what we were basically doing with Drew Smiley, he had a, he was another one. 2017, he got he had Tommy John surgery, missed all of the 2018 season. Was a great pitcher. Look, he's got a great career numbers too. He's got 31 and 27 total record as starter with 3.74 ERA. Um, Drew Smiley's another good left-handed guy, another good pitcher that that's coming back, but we don't know where he's at. He's supposed to be ready for spring training. He's got history in the major leagues. He was a good starter in the major leagues when he was healthy. And then of course, Shelby Miller, the one that everybody's talking about since, uh, yesterday that, that, uh, is coming back. He had UCL surgery or Tommy John surgery in 2017, missed all of last year. He's coming back. He's got a career history of now his win loss record isn't that great, but he spent a lot of years with, with uh, uh, he's gone he he went from let's see I think he started out he was a first round draft pick by the Cardinals he was traded to somebody before he ended up with the uh, he ended up with uh, Arizona is where he ended up and that's that's where he was. Last year when he was on the DL, he's got a 37-53 record, but he's got a career ERA of 3.83. So he is, he keeps the runs down and and, and doesn't, uh, you know, not, not real uh, – I, mean, I mean, he's a good pitcher. He's a hard thrower. Now, he's a hard thrower. But he's supposed to be the third one, and he's supposed to be ready for spring. Everyone is supposed to be essentially – healthy, ready to go for spring training. Now, you know, we had U Darvish that, that, that happened with us on U Darvish with the, with the UCL and he had to miss that year. It was a little bit before he really got going again, but I mean, he did good and he did well when he came back that first year, it was a little later in the season. Uh, but, but he had a good year, but so the question started coming up, what the hell is John Daniels doing? And I know a lot of people and, and, and listen for, uh, you know what? I'm, I want to say this up front. I will say this up front, a lot of people, there are, there are people who agree with me, there are people who don't agree with me, but I, let me say this, I am a believer in John Daniel. I like John Daniel. I think John Daniel has done a phenomenal job. He went through, he is, he oversaw a stretch where a team went to two World Series, went to the playoffs seven out of ten years. It is the best. I've been going to Ranger games since 1974. It is the best uh, period of baseball that the Texas Rangers have ever played. I don't care what anyone says they have. And so when you're looking at what's happening, there are a lot of people that, that – and if you're in that, let me let me just say it up front. There are a lot of people that think that the – that Nolan Ryan leaving and going to the Astros is is significant in the fact that that's when the Rangers started to go downhill. And I will tell you, and I'm not trying to diminish anyone's beliefs if that's what you believe, but but if you believe Nolan Ryan was the reason this team won, 
I'm sorry, you're just wrong. And you're just flat out wrong. So actually, I am diminishing you. And I don't mean to, I'm, I'm being funny there. But um, I, I mean, again, I'm a believer in John Daniel. And so let me say what I think that that he's doing here. I think these are, this is very, these are low risk deals. For one thing, that if I had any issue with John Daniel at all, and and look, I've he's made bad trades. Every general manager makes bad trades. I mean, they they have deals to do that, but he's also developed. and And our minor league system was one of the best minor league systems when we were winning. Every year that we needed to go and get any piece we needed, uh, we had that we had the minor league system to do, and we didn't have to reach in for our top ones, and we had enough players that were good enough that people were dipping into our players that weren't even in our top 20 or 30 and getting those to get good pieces you know cliff lee trade i wrote about that one um in uh on the blog if you go to rangers nations uh if you go to dallas sports nation and go to the rangers page rain uh uh, Rangers Nation on there on the Dallas Sports Nation. Very first one I ever wrote was about the Rangers are adding currency, um, and that was talking about the minor league system and how it works and what the Rangers are doing. They're rebuilding up their minor leagues right now. And uh, but if I had one issue with John Daniel, where I really just had to say he has not been fantastic, and 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 has had his issue, and it's developing pitching and and. That's just a fact. I mean, no one can argue it. In his in his stretch, where uh, as the general manager, uh, JD has not not had a good track record of developing pitchers. Now, he is not the pitching coach. He is not the one, but he hires and fires the people that do the developing and do all of that. And he did not do good. Now, with that being said, a lot of teams have some issues developing their own pitching. I think that there's this misconception out there that the Texas Rangers are the only team that can't develop pitching. And that's just not true. I mean, it is very rare to have a true number one ace grow up in your system and become the ace of your staff. That's just, it doesn't happen a lot. I mean, Clayton Kershaw was drafted by the Dodgers, went through there, and became a number one starter. That's rare. And that, ha- that I mean, that, that's, that happens... But that, you know, a player like that is kind of a once in a lifetime when you get a, you know, a pitcher like that, that that's, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, you, you, it's very much luck that someone like that, that, I mean, there's times we've had players that we thought were going to be good pitchers. Um, but I think part of our problem also was that we were rushing some of these kids up and then we did the whole experiment with them being in the bullpen and whether they were going to be a starter or doing whatever. But John, uh, JD has changed his ways and, and, some of the new stuff that he's done here recently is he has started this program. You know, we, we had an unbelievable draft last year. And five of our, I mean, three of our first top five picks were pitchers and highly ranked pitchers with college scholarships that were ready to go off. One of them was Cole Wynn that we took, um, you know, with the first pick. It was number, I think, 12 in the draft. But none of those guys, none of those three guys, uh, Owen was one, and then the, the kid out of Forney, who they didn't pitch all summer long. They went to they stayed in Arizona and did a program, a conditioning program that they did, where they were building their arm strength, getting into pro ball, and just stretching out their bodies, and doing that. And they didn't even face batter. I'm sure they faced some 
kids at extended spring training, but they didn't fa face actual live batters in game situations until they did this little uh, exhibition that they did at uh, Petco Park in San Diego. And uh, the, the top prospects for the Rangers played top prospects for the Padres. They played an exhibition game when the Padres were out of town. And Cole pitched at night. I mean, it, there were some stories about it. They pitched two games. The Rangers won them. Uh, he did okay in the game, but there were some real highlights. We had, you know, Bubba Thompson went yard and hit one out of the ballpark. Not out of the ballpark, but hit a home run. And, you know, cranked one out of there, and it was a pretty neat thing. But that was really the, the first time. So this year, coming into this this spring and summer, the first time these kids are going to uh, start facing live batting. And so, you know, and maybe what they're doing is they're, they're also trying to get a, you know, they're trying to, to with this program, is trying to avoid the, the UCL uh, injuries because we've had some bad luck. Some of our top pitching prospects, Cole Reagans, had UCL, had the Tommy John surgery. We had, uh, uh, you know, no, a lot of people don't remember C.J. Wilson. C.J. Wilson was a guy that, that uh, was a top prospect coming up. He had UCL, came back from it, and then ended up, uh, you know, being a really good pitcher for the Rangers and was the ace of the 2011 staff that ended up going to the, uh, going to the World Series. And so, um, you know... It, it's nice to have a true ace. And, you know, the Rangers, as far back as I can remember, look, we've had some true aces on our team. I mean, you know, we had Nolan Ryan was a true ace. Of course, but he wasn't he wasn't like he was when he was younger. I mean, he was 40 years old when he came to the Rangers, played here for 39 years old, I think. We got him. He played here for, what, six years, five or six years. He was the ace of the staff, still throwing in the mid-'90s, knew how to pitch, had two no-hitters. I mean, he he did fantastic things here, but the guy was also older, and and uh, and we signed him as a free agent. The other actual uh, number one uh, number one aces that we've had, we had Cliff Lee. We got him through a trade, so we didn't develop. We didn't develop Ryan. We didn't develop Cliff Lee. He came in a trade, and then uh, that that had happened to come from our prospects that we had. And I, I wrote about that in that, that article. We've had Cole Hamels. He's a true ace. And Cole Hamels was an ace that we got in a trade. We did get Hugh Darvish as a free agent. He was a true ace and still is. I still think Hugh Darvish is a true ace. He struggled some, but his stuff is the stuff of a true ace. The only true ace that the Rangers drafted, developed, he became a true ace on the staff and then eventually left us for actual free agency and signed a multi-huge deal and was a staff ace going forward sort of like a lee or hamels or darvish uh or or nolan ryan was when he was younger was kevin brown and we drafted kevin brown out of georgia tech uh and and uh developed him he came up uh was great when he got up to the major leagues ended up being a uh ended up being a uh uh, an ace for us for until he got through his arbitration ended up getting to free agency and the Rangers didn't have the pocketbook to pay what he was going to cost. He signed that first year with the Dodgers. If y'all remember part of his contract was he got to use their private jet. I mean, that was, that was how well thought of Kevin Brown was when he left. Our teams weren't that good. So we weren't going to pay the money because we weren't that good. And we didn't have ownership that spent a lot of money back then. But I actually think with what, with what, you know, when you when you ask the question, what the hell is John Daniels doing? I, I think that this is a low risk, and th guys, this could turn out to be huge. I mean, this could be fantastic. I mean, worst case scenario, you got three guys coming back. 
for this year. They all three struggle. They suffer. They don't do what we ask them to. And you know what? We're out. We're not out a lot of money with this thing. Okay, we don't owe them a lot. I think uh, I think Drew Smiley's owed about close to six million dollars. That's that's guaranteed. Uh, Volquez deal is uh, is you know that that's not. Uh, uh, That's not uh, the Volquez deal. It isn't too expensive, and we're only we're only uh, spent uh, spending two million with Shelby Miller, and with incentives up to honestly up to about five million if he, if he passes those incentives. But he he could be the steal of the deal. If this guy pans out and comes back the way he was, I mean he that's a hard throwing. He could he was a potential true ace also. So it, it's low risk, and this comes up now. I started looking at numbers. I looked at the team that won the World Series. On the red side, and you can tell everybody knows what our issues were last year. So you you look at the 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 Red Sox who won last year, and you wonder about this is why there there's potential for this to be great. Look, this staff, if these guys come back, the the three that we've talked about, if uh, if Volquez, Smiley, and Miller come back, and Lynn's good, and then we have we know how Minor can pitch. If those guys pitch to their potential. This could be a top ten rotation, and I know people are going to look at me and roll their eyes or whatever, but it could. I mean, let's think. Let's look at the Red Sox. Four starters for the Red Sox last year won fifty eight games. Okay, you got Price, Sale, Rodriguez, and Porcello, and they started one hundred thirty one, one hundred thirteen games for the Red Sox, and they were so they started the year basically in their rotation and and stayed there all year. They got another thirty five starts from Uvalde, Johnson, and Pomerantz, and that's where they got the the other ones and. Out of those, they got nine more wins. So that's 67 wins that they got from seven starters, okay? So, you know, you don't even have to be a true – I mean, everybody doesn't even have to be perfect on top of that to, to get that. You need, you need to eat innings and keep them in the ball game and do that, and that's what they got from seven starters. Now, you look at our top seven starters who made starts for the Rangers last year, and the, start, and the st- top seven starters who started for the Rangers last year – uh, had got 129 starts. The top seven did, and that's all they got was 129 starts. Now some of those were Lee, uh, I mean Hamels. Hamels was one of them. He had like 20 starts. We also had like 24 starts from uh, from uh, Big Boy uh, Bartolo Colon. Um, but at the of the 129 starts from seven pitchers, we only got 38 wins from all seven. From all seven of those pitchers we got who pitched the most starts, who had the most starts for those 129 starts, 38 wins out of that. Mike Miner is the only one from that staff that remains, and he started 28 games and won 12. So he had a good year. I mean, he you know he started 28 games, he won 12 games. So let's take a look. You look at something like that, and I think everybody thinks that that the the uh, that the Red Sox had you know three or four 20 game winners. They didn't. Uh, the, 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 the highest guy on their team, I believe was, uh, oh, it was, uh, it was sale. And I think he won 17 games. And then, uh, I think David Price won like 16 games and Rodriguez run one, like, you know, Porcello won about 12 or 13 and Rodriguez won about 10 or 11 or 12 or something like that. Um, you know, you, you got to add it up to, to see what it was. Miner was our best one last year. He won 12 games. So I want you to think of these guys. If these guys come back and you're looking at a situation where something like Mike Miner comes back, he won, he won 12 last. Let's say this year a little better. He comes back, he wins 14 games. 
You know, so you have 14 games right there, and then maybe Lynn comes up and wins 10, goes 10 and 10, keeps it, you know, below somewhere around 4 ERA. So you got, you know, right there you're looking at, at uh, you know, 25 wins right there. And then let's say with, with 25 wins, if you can't take those other three guys and get me another 15 wins right there, that's going to be far above what we did last year when, when the, the, you know, 38 wins that came from there it's going to be far above that. I think there's a potential there. Obviously, I don't think those five starters, can they win 58 to 60 games? Absolutely, they can with five starters in a heartbeat. You know, if every one of them wins 10 games or 12 games, that's easily going to do that. That's not realistic, and you're not just going to have those five starters. I mean, if if look, if those five guys are the only five starters for the Rangers this year, those five guys that we've got, this team's a playoff team. And y'all think I'm crazy, but that that is the absolute truth. Um, they're a playoff team. If those five guys end up pitching the entire year and that's the only five starters we use, this team's going to the playoffs right there. I mean, the, that's just simple reality. The other thing, too, is if we're not realistically in the playoffs, but these guys do have decent years and they do pitch okay in doing that, well, guess what else is another opportunity? There's another opportunity, and that opportunity is to trade these guys off and flip them. The most, the, look, the most appealing one right now is Mike Miner. They're already having talks about Mike Miner. We'll see if he's here when the season starts because they've got him to multiple years. Lance Lynn takes off and is pitching great, and he ends up pitching like he's available. Look, he's three years, 30 million. He would be highly attractive for a team that's actually really contending. So you can't lose there. If he's pitching great and we don't get what we want, he's going to head up our staff going into the new stadium. Um the main thing, look, the, these guys are serving one purpose. If they pitch great, that's icing on the cake. If they pitch relatively well, it's just icing on the cake. Other than that, their job is to keep those prospects that we have that are right on the verge of getting to the major leagues. It's keeping them where they need to be, and that's developing in AA and AAA. People like Palumbo, Hernandez, um, you know, the uh, – Urado and, and uh, Menendez. Those guys need more time to develop pitches. They don't need to be in the major leagues right now. We saw what they did. They were they were capable of going out and doing decent one day, maybe four innings or so, and then and then they would get shelled. They were just a little bit overmatched. Palumbo's the one that I'm really – I would love to see Palumbo uh, in this staff at the beginning of the year uh, make this staff. But if not, it's because these – and it's because these five do make it. I mean, this, this could be a great – a great thing and uh, Palumbo's a future starter here I, I just really think he is he's really done well so I, I wanted to to talk about that and going in and look the, the UCL you know what's the what is the big deal with the UCL so so Tommy John surgery why are there so many Tommy John surgeries I mean look, every team's going through this they all you hear about this every year some big name pitcher will lose this season because of UCL and, and, you know, some young kid will come up who was a star. We've got kids in our system. I guarantee you one of our prospects, I would almost bet that one of the prospects that we have is going to go through this. Kyle Cody was another one we had that, that went through it. Him and Reagans were the two that sat out last year with the UCL surgery. I, I mean, we, we'll have another one. So I started trying to figure out why, why are we hearing more about this now and why didn't we hear more about this back when I played. I played for Dunkville High School Many years ago, I'm, I'm 34 years out of high school. I played ball from the time I was five years old in T-ball all the way through high school. 
I've coached baseball since I've been out of high school. I coached select ball when that was kind of new back before I ever had kids. I've umpired. I, I umpired for many years. I coached my kids for many years until they got to it. And I'm, I'm looking at it. So I've been around it my whole life. And I've started trying to figure what 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 is possibly the cause of this going on now. And there's one major difference from when I used to play with how they play today, and I really think it's something that, that ought to be looked at. If you've got it, and, and I'm giving you advice as a guy that's coached and, and done that, if your child is a good pitcher, a decent pitcher who's really got a chance to maybe go somewhere, maybe get a college scholarship, get looked at, or do that, i got to be honest with you, I would limit him pitching year-round. Fall ball may be the, I think, my opinion, it may be fall ball that has started this whole thing. We used to never pitch year-round. I played football when I was younger. I played basketball, but I played football and baseball in high school. You played baseball in the spring, and you played football in the fall. And you didn't play summer league ball. We, we might go out, and there were some American Legion teams when I was in high school, and we would play some of those, and you'd only play 10 games or so during the summer. It was kind of a, a just a, it was kind of the extension to the baseball season from, from high school, so it wasn't like you were starting up and playing in the fall. But in the fall, we weren't playing baseball or pitching, and our pitchers weren't throwing during the fall. They were, they were playing football, or they were in the off-season program, conditioning or whatever. And I would tell you now, if your son is a decent pitcher, pick one part of the year and don't let him pitch. I've got... A cousin who had a kid who was one of an ace pitcher uh, for the uh, for Fort Worth Arlington Heights. Um, I mean, it's Fort Worth Pascal. He's freshman in college this year. He got some looks from some schools and all of that. He was playing ball. He quit football. And I told him, I said, you know, I, you know, when when it comes to fall ball, he was a position player too. He played first base, first base, and was you know one of the cleanup hitters. I said I wouldn't let him pitch in the fall. I'd let him, only in the field. So I'm going to tell you as someone that, that is, it's just something to look at. Talk to doctors who, who, who know this stuff. But that's my, that's my personal opinion of what it is, is that these kids are pitching year-round now. They're, the number of innings they're putting on their, their arms is, is unbelievable. And that's why I think that the Rangers did this. I think that's why they held these kids back. Their arms have been going through all these select and travel teams and all of that and year-round pitching. And there, nobody plays multiple sports hardly anymore. Uh, you know, your elite athletes do, but they're, they, they kind of start focusing on one. And if they focus on baseball, they play year-round. Well, you know what? Getting at bats and hitting all year long, are one thing and, 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 and that and look there there's always been winter ball. There was always winter ball. A lot of the players would go back to the Dominican and the Mexican leagues and go back down there and play in, 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 in there. But you know what? They would limit themselves to what they would do when they would get to winter ball and all of that. Not the position players, but a lot of the pitchers and they would put their they would kinda you know, they were trying to let their arms wear down and they would they you know, your younger guys that were still developing might go down and work on stuff that you know, a lot of your aces weren't going down and playing summer ball and playing in the winter leagues and the Dominican leagues. They were or they weren't putting a lot of stress on their arms doing that. And um so that's what I think. And if you've got a, a son that is an ace pitcher, you know, I would taper it back a little bit, not year-round. I think I would keep him in condition and shape, maybe tell him if he's going to play in the fall on a team that he's going to he'll play the field, he'll bat, do that. But, you know, you don't want him pitching year-round. That's my personal opinion. I tell you another thing, if you have a kid that, that that's worthy enough to be a draft choice, 
in uh, a major league amateur draft, if your kid's taken in the first five rounds and he is a pitcher in the first five rounds, my personal opinion would say take the money, let him go to an organization because an organization. I know it sounds so. It sounds so crazy, but people say, how could you pass up a free education to go pitch for Florida or, or University of Texas or Georgia, you know, one of those big schools? How could we pass up that money that could be an excellent, you know, that's a lot of money to pass up. The truth is coaches at college, they coaches in college are not afraid to wear your arm out. They get paid the money they get paid for wins and losses, period. The farther they take the team, get to the College World Series, win the SEC, Big 12, ACC, whatever, the farther they go, the more. So they're not worried about pitch counts. And they're not worried. About, their ace is going to pitch. He might pitch 140 pitches in a game. You know, they have usually two starters in a season. One of them's a starter on a Tuesday or and the other one's a Friday or however they do it in college. And he's going to wear them out, whereas a – organization does not care at the lower level whether or not they win or lose. They're going to develop the arm, strengthen it, condition it, teach them how to pitch a different way, get them into their system and what they want to do. So um, that's an opinion. I'm not an expert on it. I would consult, you know, talk to your, uh, you know, a lot of these, there are a lot of people now that get paid to do these, uh, that coach these select teams and these travel teams and all of that. When I did it, I never got paid. It was out of just pure love of the game. A lot of those kids I used to coach are now in their early 30s with kids of their own and all of that. And uh, and we only played in the spring. And, and uh, But, uh, it, you know, a lot of these travel coaches may not want to hear that you don't want your kid pitching in the fall. But I, I, would, I would not put the strain on the arm or at least put major pitch counts on them in the fall. Look, when you're playing for your school – in the spring and you're pitching for your high score or whatever, it's about wins and losses and you want to win and lose. And hopefully your coach is smart enough not to wear your son's arm out. But if he's not pitching year round, he's only pitching in the spring, um, then, then he's not wearing his arm out all year long. But anyway, it's my opinion. My opinion really doesn't matter in a lot of that case, but, uh, but I wanted to get that out. I wanted to, you know, address some of this, the, the, what John Daniels is doing and where I think that this is not a bad deal. I honestly do not think this is a horrible deal. I think he's setting up perfect. He's either going to flip some of these guys or, or this team will be semi-competitive. Look, if we're playing baseball and we're competing for the wild card going into the second half of the season and we're still right there and you start getting towards the end of August and we're a game or two away from that wild card, or obviously I don't think we're going to win the West, but that's meaningful baseball. That's really meaningful baseball. Um, you know, that I, I don't think we would make any sort of a trade to and, and, and get rid of any major prospects to, to better our team. We're kind of going with what we got um, because I think he, everyone still assumes we're at least two years away. But uh, I wanted to address that. I wanted to address Tommy John surgery for those that didn't know what it was. I wanted to address my personal opinion of why there's so much UCL damage. And if there was a lot in the in the – Back back when I was playing, I didn't hear a lot about it. You just hear about it now from everybody, kind of what I thought might be the cause of it, um, kind of the history of it, uh, why I think this isn't a horrible thing that John Daniels is doing. But with all of that, I've gotten it, you know, I've kind of gotten it out there. And uh, I wanted to thank everybody out there. That's all, we, that's all we're going to do for this episode today when we've talked about it. For everyone that listened, I appreciate it. Hey, go out and tell your friends to find us and give us a listen. Remember this, whether you agree with me or you don't agree with me, I can't know about it unless you guys reach out. I just don't know. You may think I'm the biggest fraud ever. That's fine. Look, I'm a fan. 
I'm a guy that's a nerd. I'm a recliner nerd. If, do it. So give, you know, give it to me. Tell me I'm wrong. You got to get on Twitter. Tell me that I'm wrong. You got to, you got to leave messages. You got to, you got to follow this. I will answer your, 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 your text emails. I will answer your, your Twitters, your tweets. I'll answer all of it. I don't have any problem with it. You can call me out as being totally wrong and I will take it and take the beat down and do that. That's what this is about. We are all Ranger fans. We love baseball. That's why we're even listening to this. So if I'm wrong, give it to me, but you got to tell your friends about it. Tell them to find us at, at Rangers Nation Pod on Twitter. Also, you can find me at, at JMMore912. That's me, the recliner nerd on there. Or you can go at Rangers Nation Dow. Rangers Nation Dow. Any three of those, get on there and find us. We're on the, there's a Rangers Nations page on Facebook. Find us and like us there. But uh, until then, be good. So long. And as I always say when I leave one of these or leave a story, nerd out.